talked about uh, faith and works, that a man is not justified by faith alone, but that he is also justified by works, uh, and that faith is a work, and that if a man says he has faith and has not worked, uh, his faith is dead, it's worthless. Um, it's like the man that looks and sees that somebody's in need and has faith that the person in need is going to be met but doesn't do anything to help them. He said, your faith is worthless. And he ends the, he ends the chapter uh, in verse 26 of chapter 2. And he said, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So um, a person can say they have faith, but if no works come forth, it's, it's, it's worthless. It's, uh, it's what the scripture says. Kind of also goes, also, if you just all works and have no real relationship. Because there are people mm -hmm. that just do a bunch of works mm -hmm. to feel good in their sin. And that's modern Christianity, really, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but this is, this is a big thing that I've been kind of dealing with for me. I, okay, so I see a man that's in need, okay? And he's out there on the street with the sign and doing the whole nine yards. But he's still making some real bad decisions with all the money he gets, he goes gets it loaded. I feel like if I go get that guy some food and I bless him, and I'm around it all, all day, every day now, but if I go get, get him that food, maybe God wants him to be hungry so that he cries out and does something different. I feel like I'm almost enabling that person. But in reference to the Word of God, what is what are, what are, what are we supposed to do? Good question. Very good God? question. Where's my phone? Do you have my phone? I have it. Okay. What are you doing with it? Because you threw it to me to answer. Carl's not coming. Look at all over. Oh, yeah, that's right. I gave it to you. Yeah. Okay, Ben. Uh, I want to help you with that. Let's go to. Because I used to run out and go feed the guys and go do all kind of stuff because I felt like that was what I was supposed to do. But you know, we now, talked about that this morning, guys, who were, who were on the uh, a good question. this morning's meeting, and uh, let's let's share with some of that with uh, Ben uh, as he asked about that we talked about this morning, and I think I uh, wanted to. One of the places you want to go is to the book of Thessalonians. Um, it's one of the scriptures we use this morning. Um, let's go to first. I'll have to find it. I think it's Second Thessalonians, the last chapter, chapter three. Yes, chapter 3. Verse 4. There we go. Okay, uh, let's start at, at verse 6. Um, now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, mm -hmm. and not after the traditions which you received of us. For yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you, neither did we eat any man's bread for nothing, but worked with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Not because we have not power, to, uh, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, this we command you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing, 
And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. Yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. And the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. Pretty clear. Um, he's saying if, if a person is not wanting to work and just live off of you and the government or whatever, that neither should he eat. So you don't want to enable somebody like that. You know, you want to. But if somebody is working and doing the best they can, right. and they, they're running short, and we want to be there to help them. I'm all on board for that. But I feel like, just in my personal life, I mean, I'm, I'm enabling. Maybe God wants to bring that person to a, a point of crying out and being in hunger. But then it's also, I've also read scriptures that says, if any man ask of you, give it to him. You, know? well, you, you look at the whole counsel of the Word of God, and so you take that into account. If, the, if a man asks you for something and he's in need and, and he's doing the best he can, you want to help him. But if he's just, you know, just trying to, uh, he's not working, he's not interested in working, he just wants to live off of you and you enable him. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like almost like drugs. You know, like you're a drug addict and somebody keeps bailing you out of jail and somebody keeps bailing you out of the situation and you never learn. So, so you continue to just do the drugs until you really suffer the consequences and then it makes you work make sure you get up and do something. So we, we, we work. We work with the motivation that we work for is we work so that we have to give to those that are in need. That's what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4, that you're working so that you have to give to those. I've heard people say that, well, I'm working so that I can get my bills paid and so I can get free from all my debt and so I can live and not have any debt and do what I want to do. Well, that's not why you work. That's selfishness is, that, is what that is. We work so that we have to give to those that are in need. That's the whole point. All of it is, is, is all brought together in the two first commandments of the Bible, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. If you do that, then everything is going is to be is going to come together with that. So that's what, it's, that's what we do. So you just got to use kind of the discernment of, you know, in the situation. Yeah. Of which, you know, the, the guy that I see every day with the sign, that's doing the constant thing and making the bad decisions. I'm just not going to help that guy. Or, but a year ago, I would have helped that guy because that was. But now that I've kind of learned this thing, I'm not helping that guy to go feed him, make his stomach full, so he's not hungry. Maybe he needs to be hungry. Is that harsh? It's, it's, it's like it can harsh? be, Ben, because it, nowadays it, it is difficult for a lot of people that may be feeble-minded to make a living. So you can't look at the whole the whole scope that way. Because I think about Peter when he was walking up to the temple, like going up to the church, and there was a man that was sitting there that couldn't walk, you know, he'd been, he'd been lame all of his life, and he was a beggar. We look at Lazarus, was a beggar from the rich man. We see them, and they kind of the same condition. They basically might have had a little sign there saying, I need help. And Peter looks down at him, and as though to give him, the man thinks he's going to give him something. He says, silver and gold have a number of such as have give ID. So we see that... Um, uh, so it, it, it's a discernment there. It's that you not every know. situation. Yeah, right. if, if exactly. you know the situation to the guy is, is, is not going to work, it's different than if you just see somebody is, needs some help. Because there's people out there that are living on the streets that that just have come into misfortune and uh, having a rough time making it. You know, So we have to be conscious of that. Jill? Absolutely. I was just going to say that I feel like you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because yeah. I have so many times, I'll go down, and if I look at a person, I'll ask.
struggle for me for years. That same question, Ben. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, I, I give out very few monetary uh, blessings, but yeah, no. I feel free to feed anybody I've seen mm -hmm. that's in me. And I, I picked up a guy, uh, went and brought some tile back, um, and it was a guy sleeping under a bus, sleeping under a parking bus. And I asked him if he was hungry, and he just kind of nodded his head. And uh, he was really, really rough looking, you know. Uh, he crawled into the van, I couldn't get two words out of him. We sat across the table, I brought him to Rice and Rue, and we had some jambalaya together. And uh, he smiled once when he took his first bite. And I think he said a total of maybe seven words to me. They were one-word answers, everything that I asked him about him. But this guy was mentally, yeah. Uh, I mean, he Why? could he couldn't. Nobody would give this man a job. Sure. And, so. and that's a and, and, and I live down there, so I yeah. know there is a lot of mentally incapable yeah. people that are down people there, and you yeah. have to just use the discernment. Yeah. You, you really do. Yeah, but but you never know whether the one in front of you is one of the least of these, my brethren. Yeah. You know, and, and whatever you do I guess, to him, I guess it's a heart. Issue. It's a heart so, issue. You know. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a heart issue. It'll continue. It's the discernment because you know you live down there, and I see it every day. You almost begin to grow kind of numb to it that I'm not really gonna. But the heart has to be love. If the Lord puts it on my heart to help one of these guys, then I'm all about that. Yeah. But you got to have the discernment, you know. If it's a guy that's really trying and really seeking and really trying to do some things different, I'm I'm on board to help him no matter what. Drop yeah. everything that I can. But there are also some yeah. that you see. I, I think you'd be better off if you just said, unless I know that they're not going to work. I think you're better off just to help them, right? You know, because you know, yeah. like, you know, waiting on a discernment. Sometimes you just you feel different things, you know. So just it's better just to help them. anybody that needs help, unless you know they don't want to work. You, some of you guys may have something to say on that. Anybody have something on that? Okay. Yeah, we just read that in James two, where, where we talked about that exactly. You know, and, and one thing about it, I know you guys are, are big givers. Uh, you know, I, I see I see you guys, you love to give. And that, that blesses my heart because I, I think a lot of times when you start talking about giving and receiving, you, you a lot of people get a little edgy, you know, because you're talking about their pocketbooks, you know. But uh, you guys have been some great givers. And uh, I know that, and that's your heart. And that just shows the love of Christ. Because a lot of people, you know, that talked to me, we talked about that this morning, that, They'll, they've, they've been so had such a sour taste of being pushed to give or being, you know, trying to make you give that they don't that some of them don't give at all, and you have to go by what the Word of God says. The Word of God is the authority. The Word of God says to give to so that you can so that uh, you can work so that you can have to give to those that are in need. That that that's the purpose of work. It's not to hoard up money for you. The Bible says, "Lay not up treasures." Where dust and rust could uh, corrupt, but use that money. Matter of fact, the scripture says that that to uh, use the unrighteous mammon to give it away, so that they will receive you into everlasting habitations. You know, we have those scriptures, and uh, and Jesus was a giver. I mean, remember the poor widow that went and she gave everything that she had. She gave out of her need, 
for those that, uh, that, that were in shield and gave it as an offering. You know, so we, we, we for, do give. For, for me in, in my walk, it is a testimony of not of what I say, it's my actions. Because I have a lot of guys that are looking and seeing what I'm doing because I'm preaching a certain deal and it's about what you, if you're, if you're not a giver and you're really holding things back, I mean, whether it be time or your money or, or buying guys food or whatever the case may be, that's the testimony where you say, man, that guy's a giver. You know, that guy is willing to do whatever it takes to help somebody else. He's not about him, you know? Because the whole, whole world is about what they can get for themselves. Well, the scripture says in, in, uh, in uh, the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 19, it says, more blessed it is to give sure. than to receive. That's where your blessing really is, Absolutely. is in giving and helping others. Thank the Lord. And that's just not, and that's not just talking about money. No, talking about your time, sure. your effort, your work. Everything. God gives me his work all the time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You guys are all a blessing. I've never seen you with a cardboard sign, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Although I wanted to get you to make me one, Doc. <laughs> uh, we'll do it together. <laughs> we'll make you um, So we're going into James chapter James chapter 3. three. Let's, uh, let's read from James 1 all the way to James uh, James chapter 3, verse 1, to James, to, uh, to chapter, tw to verse 12. Would you read, Cedric? Absolutely. Chapter 3. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man... We all stumble in many things. Hold up, man. Let me finish reading. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in the word... The same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small hem, whatsoever the governor listeneth. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts of great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a word of iniquity. World of iniquity. Yeah. World, thank you, brethren. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea, is tamed, and hath been named of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame, because it is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries and either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield water, salt, and fresh? Amen. Yeah. So I want to just comment. I know you do. Go ahead. <laughs> well, because it's 
really serious that, so I've been going back and forth with these versions for quite some time. And I went from the Amplify, the NIV, to the New King James, and now I want to read how it words in the New King James Version. It says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing for we all stumble in many things. That's what it says. Yeah, that's not a good. That's idea. not good. No, because I will hang on to that and use it up and do whatever the heck yeah, I want to do, knowing that I will stumble in many things. Let's, let's start. Let's start at the beginning. I'm gonna go there. Okay. First of all, let's go to the the, the very first verse. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. The masters means teachers, so don't be many of you teachers. Because to whom much is given, much is required. Amen. Yeah. Uh, as a as a teacher, a pastor, whatever you, uh, he, the Bible says in First uh, Timothy chapter three, it says he that desires the office of a bishop desires a good thing. It's sure. a good thing to want to teach and help people and share with them. But you are more accountable. Sure. The Bible says that those who rule over you, they are accountable for your soul. They watch for your soul, uh, and they um, to get because we will all give account. For what we teach and what we share and what we preach, that's why preachers are very are more accountable than than even the people are because they are the ones that's dishing out. So I like to stay with the Word of God and uh, be very careful of doctrine to make sure that it's the truth of the Word and uh, and not uh, I'm not trying to build anything here or have a bigger fellowship. I, I just want the truth to go forth. And so, he, like he says in the word, he says, "If any man speak, let him speak according to the oracles of God." So uh, that's and I, that's what I like about the way we are set and have church where everybody participates, and we can you know, dig into the word of God together um, because there is greater condemnation. I'm to just, the I'm just, uh, and, and for me, and what I'm what I'm saying is, I, I'm not going to be reading the New King James Version anymore because you, can, you just got to. I mean, the whole world believes that. But I'm not going to speak that, and I mean, that, that's what happens. You, you've got, you've got, you're, you're better off, in my opinion, you're better off, you, you better uh, sticking with older translations. Uh, the Darby translation is good. The Young's translation is good. The American Standard is good. The King James is good. Um, those are, are older American translations. The reason why, and the reason why I say that is they are taken from the majority text. Now, what does majority text mean? Hold on, let me let me read this to you. I'm sorry to interrupt. This is the American <laughs> Standard Version. It yeah. says, "Be not many of you teachers, my brethren, knowing that we shall receive heavier judgment. For in many things we all stumble. If any stumble is not, that's that's, no, this is American Standard. So we cannot say that that's good. This is that's that's. I mean, you can hold on to that and really use it. Well, the, the scripture. Okay, I, I, I wanted to explain what the different verses are, but let me let me explain this to you. In many things we offend all doesn't mean that you're sinning by offending all. The reason why is Jesus offended many people. And we can go through the verses on that, one after the other. I'll tell you what, I'll take you to one verse right now. Go, go to Acts chapter 7. I'm going to show you a man that greatly offended people. John the Baptist. No. Yes, again. Stephen. Nope. Yes, again. They did. But I mean, yeah, you're, you're both right, but I'm, that's not the one I'm showing you. Acts chapter 7, I'm talking about Stephen. Listen to what Stephen did. That's what he said. <laughs> what did you 
said, man. No, you said Jesus. He said Stephen. Okay. Nope, not him. My bad. Yeah, okay, you're right. Him, okay. Good, good. Very good, by the way. Very good, Sandra. All Acts, right, uh, I just read about Stephen. Seven? Yeah. For, we'll start at verse 51. This is Stephen speaking to them. Now, now, keep in mind, Stephen just got anointed as an elder. And as an elder, because Paul and the disciples were so busy, and Peter, with tending to the things of God, that, it, that they, were, they were getting so busy waiting on the widows and taking care of everybody, and they said, man, we need some help. So they, they appointed uh, some elders to help them out, to be able to help with the widows and stuff. So they appointed Stephen and Philip and, and several other ones. And, but Stephen was so fired up for God, man. This guy was going around preaching and, and, and doing miracles. And, and man, the, the Sanhedrin and all the scribes and they, they came at him. And he said, man, they started debating him and accusing him of blaspheming and accusing him of doing it. And they brought him before the, basically the judgment hall. And he started just, just sharing, you know, about the kingdom of God and just preaching to him. And he gets to the end of his sermon, basically, in verse 51. And he says this to him. He said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. You know, that probably, did, that probably didn't go over real big, you know, when he said that to them, because they already pretty upset. He says, which of, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? Which ones? And they have slain them, which showed before of the coming of the, of the just one, of Jesus, of whom you have been now the betrayers and murderers. Wow, he's laying it on him. Who have, who have received the law by the disposi disposition of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. They were, and that word cut, some of your verses are going to read, deeply offended or affected. Cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open, the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at, 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 at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. So, so when it says, my brethren, uh, when it says, For in many things we offend all, they even came to Jesus once, and they said, don't you know that you're offending us? The lawyer said that, that what you're saying is offense. When Jesus in John chapter 6 was said, eat my body, eat my flesh, and drink my blood, 70 of his disciples walked away because they were offended in what he said. Sure. Offending somebody by telling the truth is not a sin. Of course not. Offending someone in another way is. The Bible says it'd be better to have a millstone cast around your neck and cast into the sea if you offend one of my little ones. So if you sin by offending someone, that's exactly right. You're stumbling, you're falling away. And, and furthermore, being the very next verse, if you read it, he says, if, not the next verse, but the next part of it, he says, if any man offend not in the word. Right, you're back in James. I'm in James chapter 3, verse 2. He says, for many things we offend, but if any man offend not in the word. Well, wait a minute, I thought everybody offended. James. says we all offend. We all, stu we all stumble is what to say, right? James it, 3 what? James 3 and 2. Uh, for many things we offend all. Read the next part. If any man offend not in words. I thought that was impossible. According to that verse before. Um, you see? Saying is a perfect man and able That's right. also to brindle the whole body, not just the tongue of the whole That's body. That's right. So you see, if somebody says, well, see, we're all offended. We're all sinning. We're all stumbling. 
And the next verse says, if any man offend not in word. So, so you see, he's not offended. He's a perfect man. And take note, too, that he says, offend not in word. You know, what's coming out of your mouth? You see, what's that tongue letting come, come, that's coming out of your mouth? What's coming forth? Is it filth? Is it cutting somebody down? Is it yelling at somebody? Is it putting a curse on somebody and cursing them, saying you're no good? You, you know, I, don't, I hate you. You know, these kind of things. Then, then, what, then what you're doing is you're offending in word. And we know in that same book, if we go back to James chapter 1, in that same book, and we go to verse 26, it says, If any man among you seem to be religious, or to be a, to be a Christian, and does not bridle his tongue, but this, he's deceiving his own heart, this man's Christianity or religion is worthless. Right. So if we got stuff coming out of our mouth, then that's a bad thing. Uh, look, look with me to in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse uh, 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So he says, so that's a command from God. Don't let anything come out of your mouth that's not edifying to the others that you're around. Cedric? Listen, uh, usually whenever someone hears that, nine times out of 10, what they'll think about is, well, let me uh, try my best not to curse with the lack of understanding that it's coming from another place. That's right. So I think that it's, it also is just as important to, to, for them to understand the root of where that Absolutely. is coming from, you know? Because somebody can, um, you know, go the whole day and say, uh, uh, I'm watching my words, but they haven't, the they haven't uh, you know, did the solution for the root of the problem. So I think that it's just you know, as important. Sarah, that's a real good point that you say that. And uh, usually if you'll hang around a person just long enough, Something will come out of their mouth that is telling you that that's right. that something's not right. You know, that's because right. it's because the heart is going is going to be revealed through the mouth. Yeah, you it's can't come clean out. up your mouth unless you clean up your heart. Exactly, that's a good point. Uh, let's let's go to Mark chapter seven, okay? On that same t uh, term that you're talking about, uh, Cedric and, and Don. Mark chapter seven. Jesus uh, speaks about that very clearly. In Mark chapter 7, they, uh, the scribes and Pharisees see the disciples eating and not washing their hands and uh, start complaining about the disciples of Jesus. And when, he, when they do, Jesus begins to explain to them that, it's, that that's not the problem. That's okay. You got dirty hands and you eat. <laughs> and uh, he says to them, it's, he says in verse, we go to verse 18. Uh, the disciples asked him, what did he mean by telling them, you know, that it's not what goes in the mouth that defiles the man, but that which comes out of the mouth. He says, he, he said to them, of verse 18, are you so without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? Because it enters not into his heart. Amen. But into the belly and goeth out unto the drought, purging all meats. 
The Bible even says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, mouth speaks mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So whatever's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. Right. And here he goes and he says in verse 20, he said, that which comes out of the man, that defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetous, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolish. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. So if I've got something coming out of my mouth that's no good, what is it supposed to tell me, Cedric? It's coming from your heart. My heart's not right with God. I need to get my heart right with God. Some people would argue with you and say, you know, uh, you know, I love the Lord. And then the next word they say is some cuss word, uh, 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 saying something that's way, way out of line. So you, do you really love the Lord? No, your heart's not right with God. That's what God gives you. The word of God, it, it, the Bible says, is sharper than two, any two-edged sword that, that will discern the thoughts and the intents of your heart by what comes out of your mouth. That's what the word does. When you look in the, even in James 1, we read that about the man that looks into the mirror. The mirror is the word of God. He sees himself that things are not right. God's pointing out something's coming out of you. But some people walk away and forget what they saw in the mirror instead of getting things right with God. Ben? I got a question. So it says it's not what goes in the man that defiles him. That's what it says, right? I know where you're going. You know where I'm going. <laughs> but if I'm sitting around every night and I'm watching a, a movie or some kind of craziness where F this and all this cussing, I know it's not what goes in a man in the That's father. not going in your mouth. That's going in your ear. It's bad. It's, you're not supposed to, you, is there a scripture? You're not supposed to be Bad right. company corrupts good morals. Free from all, all temptations. Uh, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Abstain from all flesh and lust, which war against the soul. All those scriptures are talking about that. It's uh, funny you say that because I was thinking about uh, something whenever we just read verse 19. It says, because, it's giving us a reason. Mm -hmm. It says, because it enters not into his heart. You know what I mean? So many people will say, well, my entire job working at the plants or working at an industrial um, type of field, they all they say is bad language and cursing, right? And so many people will say, like the guy that was here. Man, they just curse a lot at my job. You know, I got this this habit, right? Mm -hmm. But if your heart is clean, no matter if you're hearing that all day, that's not going to come out of your mouth, no matter how much you're hearing it, because your heart is that's still right. is still pure. And, and this is the deal for, for how I perceive this as well. Yeah. If I'm going to work and people are cussing a whole lot, and there's just no way that I can really be around it is one thing. Mm -hmm. But if I go sit down in front of my TV and watch R-rated movies, no. it's a different, it's a it different is. deal. It is. That's I subjecting agree. yourself yeah. to watching that stuff. Yeah. You know, that's your decision. Correct. You it's know? kind of like being like in First Corinthians five when he says, you know, not the company with fornicators yet, not all together because you'd have to come out of the world. Sure. So it's because right. when you go to the store, you're going to run into something. You know, they're like fornicator. Sure. I can't talk I, to you then. Absolutely. It, 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 it's that. <laughs> It's you making the decision That's of what right. you're going to put yes. in and, and, and not. And, and not God sees the heart behind that. Yeah, if I'm around cussing it in my job, I can't, hey, man, you know, that's just part of it. You get the heck away from there. You're not going to entertain it here, you know. But, yeah, that's yeah. a. If you have somebody cursing you out, they think they're defiling you, but they're actually defiling right. you. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you, but that's just in walking and just in life, this, the, the, the uh, society that we have. Yeah. 
it's perfectly okay, effing this and this. I mean, I just hear it. People don't even realize it, but, you know, it, it is. But, you know, sometimes I'll be on the YouTube and just stumble across something and I hear it. But it's just, I feel, I can feel it. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I know that I got to turn it off. Let me tell you something. Uh, I don't know if I shared it with y'all, but I was sharing it with the group this morning. Uh, Jacob, that plays the guitar with us, great. You know, we enjoy his time with us. Uh, Jake was at the gym, you know, working out, and and every other word was curse word, just one after the other, cursing, cursing. Jay even came to me and he works out with me. He says, "Man, are you going to tell him something?" <laughs> you know, he's like, he's working out around us and he's saying all these words. I said, "Just I'm waiting on the time," and and then the time came, and I says, "I said to Jacob, I said, Jacob, I said, uh, I, I don't know if you realize this, but the scripture says that uh, uh, if you don't refrain your tongue and you're claiming to be a Christian." Your Christianity is worthless, and uh, I, didn't, I didn't know him very well at that time at all. And he, uh, he said, "Yeah, he said, man, I'm, I'm at work and I just pick it up and I just say, I said, well, it says it. Scripture says it's coming from your heart, you know, and you, you really need to get your heart right with God." And he said, "Well, my wife and I've been going to counseling and this certain thing and all," and I said, "Well, we have church at my house," and uh, he says, "You do?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "I'd love for you to come," and he came, you know. Jacob's the guy. That, Plays the guitar, you know. He came to play the guitar. The probation officer, huh? The probation officer. Yeah. yeah okay. And he came last night with us and all. So what? What a blessing, you know. Because um, sure. sometimes in your mind you may think that guy cursing is you. Better, you shouldn't say. You better not say anything to you because he's just going to curse you out, you know. And you're thinking, whoa, let me let me be a little cautious here. But really, he received it with such greatness that he. Uh, he said, man, yeah, I, I, I want some help, basically, yeah. you know, and he came and, and he's continued to come, so, you know, don't be afraid but to share with people. But that probably has never been confronted about it. Probably that's not, right. that's yeah. rare, though. That's, yeah. that, that's yeah. rare. That, 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 <laughs> that's <laughs> rare. <laughs> I'm just going to let you know, because the Lord can use you and he's coming in and that's great, but that's rare. Yeah, you know, just okay. Yeah. <laughs> what well, is? Let me go tell these guys, I mean, you know, that's just the way, that's just, they're so used to. Me? Yeah. Tell him about the story I told you about the guy I work with. Told him? Yeah, no, you tell him. Go ahead. Oh, uh, so uh, basically, there's a guy I work yeah, with. Tell I told you. And uh, put, put I, the camera on. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so Go ahead. But uh, I basically was uh, at work, like I always am, just, uh, you know, I read my Bible on my break and just remain in the light at my job. And uh, it was closing time. We're about to close the, the workplace. And it's just me, him, and my manager there. I'm not really looking for a door, but if a door opens, of course, I'm going to take it. So he walks by, and he says, hey, man, you had a good day today? You going to have a good weekend? What you got planned for the weekend? Everything like that. And uh, and so he says, uh, yeah, man, I got this plan for the weekend. I got this plan. I said, well, man, I got church plan. You know, we're going to have a good time, you know, this weekend on Sunday night. And he said, oh, okay, well, what church you go to? I told him, you know. And uh, he said, you know, man, I've been running for the Lord for 20 years, mm. is what he said. Now, I hadn't said nothing about God. All I told him was what I was going to be doing this weekend. And he came and confessed to me his sins, wow. you know, and said, man, I, I, I got this language. I'm cursing all the time. My heart's not right. I'm, I'm cursing. All. I don't want to keep doing this, you know. And I'm just... I just met you. Just this. Listen, right? Yeah, I just, I just. You got one that already had conviction. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> and so, so he's confessing it to me, and I said, "Yeah, I said you're absolutely correct, sir. I said uh, you need to get your heart right, you know." And he said, "Yeah, man, I know. I had open heart surgery, 
you know. And it's another open-heart surgery. Yeah, he, he does. He said, I, I'm lucky to be alive today, you know, and had all these open-heart surgeries and everything. Absolutely. Yeah, and so, and then after I finished talking to him, he said, man, how about you come over to my house, man? And he invited me to his house. I never met this man, like, talked to him like that. I just started the job, you know. He just said, hey, I want you to come over to my house, you know, and, you know, come hang out with me. Come talk to me. And I was just kind of amazed because this guy cursed more than I've, I've heard anyone else on the job curse like that. Oh, you know, like, another, you know what I mean? It's not that rare. You know, so as so soon as that <laughs> soon as that man came to me, I was like, wow, Lord, thank you for the door. Yeah, you know, talk to him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anytime you confront someone's behavior, it's always, yeah. I mean, we do it, you know. A lot, a lot of times it's how you do it, too, you know. Uh, I, and I see this with the way Jesus did. He was more sympathetic to those that were not religious, but just were out there. Yeah. You know, uh, the way he approached was a lot different than he would approach to religious leaders or religious people. Uh, he was a more, seemingly more subtle. Uh, you know, would, would enter in. And those kind of people, a lot of those kind of people, feel like, that, hey, I'm, I'm a worthless sinner. I know I'm not right with God. I know, and, you, and you, at least you have a better platform to start with. Then somebody says, man, don't, don't you say, I'm not a Christian. I'm a good, fine Christian. You know, I'm going to church here doing that. Those are the, some, are the ones that's well, harder I, I'll to reach. Well, I'll say this because I feel like, and I've heard from multiple people that, that I, I come across as very condemning and, and very straight, hey, you know, but I don't know any way else to do it when I got a, a guy that I, my boss, who thinks he is a man of God on fire for Jesus and, and lives with a woman and he's not married and, and tells me that God sees we're, them we're, as a married. When you're dealing with a different kind of person, you're dealing with a person that thinks that they are a Christian. That's right. And they live in their city and all that. And I tell them, and I tell him, and he says that I'm condemning and I'm pointing my finger. Yeah, he's going to feel condemned. Sure. Because you give him the word. And he is condemned. Because the word has already condemned him. He's going to feel that. And I'm going to tell you, I do kind of like, so I had a conversation on this big sales retreat that I had. and, And I must have picked up my phone to get references of scripture. Because I didn't want to just be, this is my opinion. This is the scripture. So... You know, because you're really, you offend if it's just your stuff. But if you have the scripture to back it up, hey, man, what are you going to do with that? Hey, read that. Hey, read this. I must have picked it up 20, 30 times. And people are just so deceived in the way they're brought up and, and go to the ritualistic Catholic church. And, you know, it was a... Or any of It was, did, yeah. Did you ever have a filthy mouth? I did, yeah. I had a filthy whole lifestyle. It was one of the first things that the Lord... Hey, me too, yeah. God. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Those I was completely completely in darkness. That was the first thing that was going. I was completely in darkness. First thing. It wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Pastor Don, it says that in first, first, uh, uh, first Peter chapter two, it says, "As babes in Christ, there's no gal coming out of your mouth as a babe." That's that's right. See? First Peter chapter two. That's good, Cedric. You know, so uh, yeah. Exactly. It, it, so a lot of people think, well, I'm uh, that's still a babe, so you're going to just excuse that. But you're right. Yeah, it's, it's without hypocrisy, and, and no guile comes out of their mouth. Let me ask you this question. Because it's a very okay. So in the Bible, uh, you know, a person could hang on to being a babe of Christ for a really long time and can do whatever the heck they want to do. That's that's not a babe in Christ. Yeah. Okay, so okay, first of all, so let's talk about <laughs> reference of a babe versus one that's not a babe. Okay. Uh, a, a babe is somebody who basically first comes to the Lord, and and but oh, no. a babe go go to First Peter chapter two, and that that will that will show you exactly what a babe is. 
you say First Peter? Yeah, First Peter chapter two. He says in verse one, starting verse one. Wherefore, uh, lay aside all malice, all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speaking, as newborn. Yeah. I mean, seriously though, you know that's what that. I mean, that's the fault. Yeah, okay, let's, let's just let's just for instance take um, take Marshall. Marshall's been coming, and it's been, it's been a blessing to have Marshall. I'm just so thrilled and excited to have him. Right. Uh, but Marshall is just, just coming in, you know. So Marshall, as his heart goes toward the Lord, and, and Marshall says, you know what? I, I've had enough of that old life. You don't come in halfway. Right. You're coming in all the way. Right. You're being radical for the Lord in that, hey, all sin stops. I'm not just going to quit fornicating and quit doing drugs. I'm going to quit looking at pornography. I'm going to quit, you know, doing all oh, these kids. things because that's salvation. Mm -hmm. But if you came in and said, you know what, uh, I, I'm coming in and uh, in my sin, and, uh, and eventually I'll get better. That's not salvation. That's plain. That's plain church. Let me ask you this. So, you know, I went. Obviously, it wasn't. Uh, let me think. I was kind of misled, you know, because I thought that, you know, okay, you get saved and you know all the other stuff will trickle off. And one thing that I did feel like God was working on me was my language back then. And it's like now, my language, like what I've actually said is better, but like those thoughts still kind of pop in my head. You know, when something happens, I'll, mm -hmm. you know, but I won't say it. Mm -hmm. Is that normal? Yes, it is. We, we all get that. For instance, if you're working in that plant that, that um, who, I don't who, I remember who I've said it. I've been working in plants. Right? Okay, so you I'm worked in a lot of plants. Yeah. You hear that stuff all day long? Yeah. And when you leave work, sometimes you still hear it. Right. Okay? Right. Because the enemy shoots darts. Mm -hmm. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we, we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Okay. That means that we, he says to take the shield of faith, which is able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Yeah. The enemy is shooting darts into your ear to, right. to get you to try to say it. To get you to give into that's called temptation. That's called uh, like the scripture says in, in 1 Peter 5 9, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because you adversary, you have an enemy. The devil is walking about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So, how does he do that? He does that by planting thoughts and emotions in you to try to get you to react and respond to that. But but now in Christ, you know, you have that discernment and you have a conscience that God has given you to say no now. He's given you everything that you need for life and godliness to say no. But it, it's your choice. Just like you made a choice to sin, now you're making a choice, I'm turning from sin. Okay. Amen? Amen. So, so I'm, 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 I'm proud of you, Marshall. You're coming, you, you're doing good, and I, I, I just I know we all are just excited for Marshall um, coming in and, and doing so great for the Lord. Amen. So um, anyway, so Ben disappeared. So we'll go further, all right? Everybody got that down, so let's go back to the book of James. You know what, before we do that, go to Matthew chapter 12. One, one other scripture I want to share along with the tongue. Matthew chapter 12. And verse, uh, verse 33. Don, would, would you read from verse uh, 
33 to verse 37. Where are we? I was looking something up. I'm sorry. You don't have to. Claire could read it. That's fine. Yeah. From what to what? From verse 33 to verse 37. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. That, that's a woeful scripture, isn't it? I mean, every word, every idle word that you speak, it's either going to justify you yeah. or it's going to condemn you. He, and that's what he says. He starts off and he says, either make the tree good or make it bad. Don't go either way. Like, be cold or be hot, but don't be lukewarm. You know, he's like, like get this right because you are going to be accountable. And, and he even identifies where he comes from because as she read it, it was like, for, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that tells you how to tame the tongue. It says no man can tame the tongue. Because if you try to tame the tongue, it ain't going to be tamed because you're not, you're not going after the right thing. You've got to go after the heart to get the tongue wrong. It's not the tongue. The tongue is just a manifestation of what's in the heart. So the heart is where it's, where it's got to be. Because the tongue has to be tamed. Okay? And the only way to tame the tongue is to... Is to Get the heart right with God. Uh, anybody on on, uh, on Skype want to say something to add to this? Want to hear from you guys? Todd, you want to say something? <laughs> Y'all quiet over there. Oh, hey, brother. No. Come on. Amen. Come on. Amen. <laughs> Amen. David? No, I just wanted to share that that tongue is an unruly thing, indeed. And uh, right on with the heart. You know, you'll always hear me say it's always the intent of the heart. Our actions always mimic what our heart is saying. Uh, from the abundance of the heart, man speaks. As a man thinketh, so is he. It, is, it either uh, gives us away or promotes us. And that realization, when we realize the battle is here in our hearts, that's where this all takes place. The thoughts that come, the darts that are fired, they need to be quenched here. It's, the battle's not out there. It's not out on some other day. It's not with another person. It's with our own heart. And, and when, something, when someone speaks, I often say, uh, when I, if I feel something, if I recoil, if it hurts my feelings, I stop and I think, I'm a dead man. Why should that bother me? <laughs> Where's my heart? And we live in a world that reacts and thinks, that reacts, speaks, and thinks later. Judges now, and then asks questions later. And we are given this treasure in earthen vessels, brothers, as we've been talking. And going through James, and he makes it very practical. Yeah. Amen. 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 This, is, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is the life, the thoughts, the battles. And we, we fight them here, and they stop here. Yeah, you, you got, you got uh, like the scriptures Claire just read, you, you have uh, two sides there. You, you have that if, 
if you got stuff coming out of your mouth that's not right, your your heart's not right. But if you have if you have everything coming out, out of your mouth that is right, it says in verse two, then you're a perfect man. You know, so you, you wanted to too. There's no in between there. You know, it's either one way or the other way. That's right. There's no you can't be both in the same day. That's right. That's right. Second so verse single source. Okay. Hey, Mr. David. Thank you, David. Hey, Mr. David. How you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Hey, the uh, the scripture that you pointed out earlier uh, that I was uh, trying to remember about yes. uh, Christ is being preached, and I asked that question. Well, um, if you if you continue on, I was just just reading along, and I see down in verse fifteen of James three, it says that the um, the envying and strife in your hearts that this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly and devilish. Is, mm. is what it says. So that pretty much answers, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's envy and strife about, the, you know, we say Christ being preached, that they were not, you know, if anyone preached of that, they were yeah. not right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Amen. I was just going to say that, you know, um, talking about burning on the tongue, that um, if we're having filth coming out of our mouth, and we have a bunch of junk coming out. What kind of testimony is that? You know, mm -hmm. if we're called to be separate from the world and we're acting just like the world, there's no difference. And I don't People think, it's, look I don't think it's just foul language is talking about either. No, I, I'm not saying just yeah. foul. I mean, just depend. I mean, if I'm talking about what we're talking women and sexual stuff, and, you, know, yeah. and, you know, the whole mind. I mean, yeah. people are watching you. You claim Jesus. People are watching you. And if you're just like the world, then there's no difference with you. You know, we're set. We're we are called to be set apart. You're like, man, that guy is different than the rest of the world. What's going on with you? Know what I'm saying? Like, Who it's all about yeah, testimony. Huh? Who said it? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. No, we're no, we're called to be different. We can't be just like the world, man. And you know what's sad, man? Uh, I work with a guy that know you, and you know him. Right. And uh, I talked to him, and he still speaks of the old Ben. He said, yeah, man, that Ben, he ain't nothing nice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> there's your testimony. You know what? I used to be nothing. I used to be nothing. I used to be nothing. You see what I'm saying? Written in red of all the <laughs> <laughs> Yes. That epistle you don't want to read. That's good, man. That's the whole version. That's right. Because that's the one he knows that's you right. are. But you that's know that's what? Then he'll see. Well, Cedric goes, but he's changed. He's not the same fellow anymore. Yeah. All things are past and everything right. you know, What a testimony you'd be to him now. Yeah. 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 Praise be to God. Amen. Yeah, praise the Lord. Don, you had something? That's right. Yeah, I have something. Romans 7, 13 says, Did that which is good then become, uh, become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, mm -hmm. it used what was good uh, to bring about my death. So that through the commandment, sin might become utterly, exceedingly, exceedingly sinful. Yeah, yeah. Sin's got to become a big thing. Yeah. You know, you can't take sin lightly. Is what it's saying. Take it. It's exceedingly big. You know, because it will keep you from the kingdom of God. And when you read like that scripture read in Matthew twelve, it talks about every idle word that you speak, you'll be judged for. But by your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. You know, like. You gotta get that right, you know. Oh. You gotta get that right. That scripture's not going away. It's it, gonna be it there. It started with my speech, my uh, the things that were coming out of my mouth because I was not 
convicted at all about my marriage. Everybody else was doing it, so you know I, I didn't feel bad about it. But once the Lord dealt with it, I mean, it became utterly sinful. And, and when I heard it come out of other people, I was offended for them, not at them, but for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said, yeah. I couldn't have ever sounded like that. Oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I did. I know, yeah. yeah. Hey, look, we got Wes back with us. Hello, Wes. Hey, how's it going? Welcome home. Kind of like a little late, but uh, anyways, we're having a good time. Um, I just thought a good verse... Um, to go along with watching what comes out of your mouth or just evil company corrupts good habit. Uh, Proverbs 22, 3 says, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So I think that's just a really good proverb because it just really shows that if you're really prudent and you're really diligent at wanting to do God's will, when you see evil, you're going to hide yourself. You're not going to participate in it. Kind of like what uh, Psalms 1 says. You know, he doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. He doesn't walk in the path of sinners. Um, you know, and Dave, David even says that in one of the Psalms. I says, he goes, he says that he sat, he sat alone, you know, because, because of God's word filling him with indignation and hatred towards evil. So I thought that's just a really good Proverbs. I figured I'd share it. It reminds me of another scripture in Proverbs West that says, uh, even a fool is thought wise if he holds his tongue. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes it's just better yeah. swift to hear and slow to speak. Yeah. Slow to write. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anybody else have something on their heart? All right. Um, let's go further then. Okay. Let's go a little bit further. Would you like me to pick up, Pastor Dunn? Sir, yeah, please. Uh, well, let's let's make sure we okay. You went all the way to verse. Uh, let's talk about uh, talk about what you said a little bit more. We're just going to work our way down as, of what you read, if you don't mind. So it says you can tame all kind of things. You can take ships. You, they put uh, rudders on them. You know, animals. They put bridles on them. You can tame all of them, but but no man can tame the tongue. You can't tame somebody else's tongue nor your own by your um, by you not getting your heart right with God. The only way you're going to tame it is by the heart. Uh, being right with the Lord. Because uh, it says that in verse 8, it says, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. And I, I used to read that and get real puzzled. I said, wait a minute, no man can tame my tongue. But then he says to me, I'm going to be judged for everything that comes out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, like Claire read. And I read, don't let any corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But how am I going to clean my tongue up? Because I was trying to I was trying to quit cussing. I was making years resolutions. I'm not going to cuss anymore. I was doing all these things to quit cussing. And, 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 I, and I was going about it the wrong way because I was trying to get the tongue to work right when my heart wasn't right. And it ain't going to work. No matter how hard you try to get the tongue to quit cussing, it's not going to quit cussing until your heart gets right. So these people try to get these jobs. And boss said, yeah, you're going to have to quit cussing around here. Well, I can't. <laughs> my heart's not right. I don't get my heart right to do that. Right? So the heart's got to be right, bottom line. So he, he goes on. Everybody's got that. Uh, let's go down to verse 11, what he was reading. He says, does a, does a fountain send forth in the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either vine figs? So can no fountain both yield 
salt water and fresh. He, he said it's not going to happen. You know, you if you really a believer, if you're really a Christian, you're not, you're not going to have stuff coming out of your mouth. You're not going to be rendering good water and then, you know, salt water and then you're going to have fresh water coming out. Cedric? There reminds me of 1 John 3 where it says that if you're born of God, you can't sin. Mm-hmm. This says... Um, so can no so can no fountain both yield salt and fresh water. The same can't. Mm-hmm. You can't. Sim says, you know, it's the same can't. You yeah. know, not saying you don't have the option. First John to, three nine, yeah. You know, but it just doesn't happen. Yeah, first John three nine uh three nine talks about, you know, um, uh, he who is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he's born of God. So the present is he can't sin. Can he make a choice later on to sin? Yes. But if he's in Christ, he's walking in Christ, he cannot sin. Amen. Uh, you got something else, uh, uh, Wes? Yeah, I don't know if you went over this, but at the be- you know I missed the beginning of uh, the meeting. But in James, where it says we all stumble in many things, you know, um, yeah, people use that and they'll use that as an excuse and say, "See, we all stumble. See, we all stumble." Um, but the reality is, is if you look at the proper you know interpretation and you know you looking up the words within the you know, your lexicon, your Greek, you know, Strong's Concordance, the we all is just, it's it, if you, a better translation, I believe, according to what it's being said here, would be people in general stumble in many things. Not necessarily James stumbles, because that would be completely ridiculous for him to later on follow up by saying, these things ought not to be so, brethren. So... You know, if, if, if it were, he was just saying, making that statement of like, yeah, we're just all going to stumble in thought, word, and deed, and just let, we're going to be in and out of sin. He would be a complete hep- hypocrite by saying these things ought not to be so. Um, and, you know, if we to follow it up like you just read about fresh water and salt water or bitter water, fresh water and bitter water coming from the same spring, just like Jesus says, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Uh, fruit, you know, make the tree good. So if we all stumble, you can never make the tree good, if that if that makes sense. So if you just look up those words, the we all is not in the original text. That was added in. So, uh, and Peter also says, add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, and so on. And he says, if we do these things, we will never stumble. So there's, how could Peter say that if James is saying, we're just always going to stumble, stumble. See how the scriptures would contradict themselves at that point? Yeah, exactly. uh, and, and that's not what James is saying. So just to clarify that, I don't know if you did. Yeah, we, yeah, we had gone through that. Uh, is there any, any other comments, any questions before we go to ver- before we go back? And uh, I'm going to let Cedric uh, start back at verse 13. Anybody have any more comments about that? Yeah, I, I'm just basically saying it doesn't, it doesn't say stumble at all. Right. In a Greek, it's, right. it's, it's, it's not. It's not even there. All, but every other, I've been looking at a lot of different. See what Youngs and Darby say. I don't know anything about Youngs translation and Darby translation. Oh, it says we offend all. There's no stumble here. There's no Young's. word that says that. Young's. This is probably gonna be the last translation you got on your list because it's why. Youngs literal translation. Yes, that's it. Uh, Many teachers become not, my brethren, having known the greater judgment for we shall receive. For we all make many stumbles. Hmm. If anyone is in word do, doth not stumble, this one is a perfect man, able to brittle, brittle 
also the whole body. Well, even in that context of saying, he's saying one point, like he lost up, but he didn't say, if he means doesn't stumble. That would be a contradictory itself. The word stumble is really sin. I mean, right? Well, our verse, King James, of course, read offended. We offend many people in many ways. That's right. You know, just like Christ did or disciples did. So, Uh, I I mean, the word stumble, I don't know if it's associated with sin. Is that what we're People do. People, they, the worldly yeah, church, okay, they associate that word. Sin, but it, I think in this, in the, in the way he's speaking, I, I feel like it's not when he's not talking about sinning. He's talking about stumbling. I don't think that's a good. I don't think that's a good word for it. David, you had something on that, brother? Yeah, bro. I was just say in the NLT, and as you, as we try to get our arms around this, um, it, it actually where we all make mistakes and I, I don't believe the intention of the way it is framed in the verse mistake is in a sinful choice but a mistake is in the understanding of what is being said or done or learned at that point no one has complete knowledge we all grow in time with age and grace and God's mercy I don't believe at all this is talking about a, a sinful position but rather a mistaken position of potential mistaken position and in the dealing of it in maturity understanding that the tongue can set the world on fire we are called to great caution so i i I agree i don't believe there's any room there for that and i think if we keep that in our hearts and our minds that we 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 don't all have perfect clarity why as we've aged look at what we've now come to appreciate what God's word means. Or, or, or yeah, because you can say something to someone and they can take it a whole different way right. and be offended. Right. By it. And that's what you're yes. saying. You know, and you didn't mean anything like that. How many times have we had that happen in our own lives where we said something that's to our wife or a close friend and they all been out of shit and said, that's not what I meant at all. You know? Right. Uh, and, that, and that's right. Amen. Amen. So, well, Dar- Darby's um, translation, I've heard, heard Darby, but yeah, so, um, it says offend. Doesn't say it's so it's really a choice of the word that's kind of yeah yeah because we know that Jesus offended people all the time. Well, you're gonna offend people, but your heart behind it. Is but but there's a different kind of offense yeah. when you sin and offend somebody Absolutely. than it is when you offend somebody because they take it the wrong way or you, you say something that, that that they didn't agree with or what have you. Again, like we said, if if you. Uh, cause one of his little ones to be offended by your sin, sure. then it's better for you to have a millstone tied on your neck, around your neck and cast in the seat and offend one of his little ones. So we see that, but then we see that Jesus also offended. Y'all want to go a little bit further, a little, little bit more? Sure. Okay. Is it sort of little, okay, go ahead and, and uh, read um, from that verse to the end, okay? Who is a wise man? In verse 13. Verse 13 of chapter 3, verse James. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of the good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have any, I'm sorry, if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Mm. The wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, Mm. then peaceable, gentle, 
and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Amen. Okay, thank you, Cedric. Um, that's, that's pretty heavy duty. Um, the Bible says, the first one in verse 13, we're talking about there's a wise man. Well, the wise man we know from the scriptures, it talks about who's a wise man, who's a foolish man. The wise man is one who hears God's word and does it. The foolish man is the one who hears God's word and doesn't do it. And he says, let him show it out of the way he lives. His conversation means lives his works with meekness and wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts. Now, first of all, if you look at Galatians 5.19, when it lists those things that if you have or you do and shall not inherit the kingdom of God, two of those things are if, if you have envy and strife, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. So those are sins unto death there. So he says, if you have this in your heart, don't glory in it. Don't be proud of it. Yeah. And lie not against the truth. Admit it. In other words, confess your sin. Don't lie against it. Don't think, well, I'm okay. Yeah. And you have so many people that do that, and sure. they sear their conscience with a hot, hot iron or callous their hearts because they don't come forward into the Lord and confess it and get rid of it and say, you know what? I'm not right with God. I have not been right with God. I still have this envy and strife in my heart. I don't need to lie. What is lying against the truth? I'm, truth is Jesus. I'm the way to truth is life, John 14, 6. So he's lying to Jesus and, and, and not admittingly, admittingly say, you know what? That's right. I'm wrong. And if that don't change, I'm not going to make it. Again, my heart is not right with God if I have these things in my life. I don't need to lie against the truth because that kind of wisdom, we read about a wisdom in, in, in James chapter 1. He said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And that was, that's not the wisdom of what the world is talking about, maybe wisdom is, of how, how you can make money or how you can do all these other things. This is the wisdom of God. And, and that wisdom he explains here uh, that you ask for in James 1 is, is, in verse, is in verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Peaceable, gentle, easy to be treated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, and especially without hypocrisy. In other words, he's not saying or living one thing and saying something else. He's living a life that's without hypocrisy. He's not a hypocrite. Amen. A hypocrite is somebody who says, yeah, I'm a Christian, but they still got sin in their life. No, you're a hypocrite. you got to get the beam out of the eye so that you can help your brother remove the moat from his own eye. So that's one kind of wisdom. But then he's talking about a different kind of wisdom here that is ending in worldly, to lie not against the truth. He said this wisdom is not a sin from heaven, but it descends from hell. It's devilish. You know, and that kind of wisdom is not what you want. He says lie not against the truth. Admit your sin. Confess your fault to the Lord. Humble yourself and draw near to God. Wes, go ahead. Yeah, um, and even as it goes on to chapter 4, just to prove your point about these are people that are carnal, they're unregenerated. Um, it goes on to say in verse 1 of chapter 4, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Kind of sounds like Romans chapter 7 to me, where Paul's saying the things I want to do, I don't do the things I don't want to do, I keep on doing. And obviously, we know that Paul was in his unregenerated state in Romans chapter 7. So it, it really is speaking of somebody, if you're double-minded, 
like what James says, I think, in, you know, if, that's going to be coming up at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you're double-minded. You're two, serving two masters. That's what gets you to the place to where you're unstable. And so you're going to have two different things coming out of your mouth. Uh, which is really an unbeliever. You're, and, and it's the desires that you're giving into, just like Paul in Romans chapter 7, he gives into his evil desires and passions. And, uh, and, and then therefore, in anybody that does that, they're not the ones that have crucified their flesh with their passions and desires. And those are the ones that Galatians says are Christ's. Anybody else that just is driven by their passions and desires as James further goes on to say in chapter four, are the unregenerated man and they're the unsaved. Amen, that's good. I like how you brought in chapter four because there's really no chapters in Greek. And he brought in chapter four, it says, from, from where, do, where does wars and fighting come, among, come from among you? And he says, come they not of your own lust, which war in your members. In other words, we fighting with each other and quarreling, uh, what you're doing is you're trying to get what you want, you see. And we're to, we're to lose it, we're to deny ourselves. So if, if, if everybody would get a hold of that, you wouldn't have any fightings and marriages and all this kind of stuff because, because it, you know, people are at different maturity levels. I know there's going to be some disagreement. That's not what he's talking about, but he's talking about fighting to get your way when you're to lose your life in the Lord and not fight to do that. So it's very good. It shows the two different wisdoms there that we talked about from James 1. He tied it back into James 3. Here it showed that. And show that you want the wisdom that's from above. Mm-hmm. That's what the world calls that wisdom. You want to, you want to admit the truth. And, and when you get into James, um, in, into James 4 there, and I'm not going to go, go much, we're going we're to close out, but it, it, we know that all these chapters run together. And when he says to lie not against the truth, that means to tell the truth. And he says in, in James chapter 4, he said, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And here it, it talks about this man is proud in himself. Uh, it says, don't be proud. Glory not in, in, in lying against the truth. Don't be proud. Humble yourself and say, you know what? I, I'm not right. I need to get yeah. this right. I don't care who's around or whatever it is. And so he says, humble yourself, and then God will exalt you. Amen. He, says, he says, humble yourself, draw near to God, submit to God. And, and he says, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your joy be turned to heaviness. And you'll laugh to the sorrow. In other words, break before God Amen. and say, I need some help. I need to get my heart right with God because I can't, I can't go on with this wisdom that's from the, from the devil. I'm going to walk in the wisdom from the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Before we close, would you like me to go over first John real quick? Or you want to let's, wait till... Let's wait for the next meeting. I'm going to hold everybody up. Anybody else have something they'd like to say uh, before we close? Uh, what we said today or any, anything? On Skype, anybody have anything? Chris, any help? Toki, Linda. Hey, Chris. Hey, Dad. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Uh, hope, hope that touched everyone and yeah, uh, good. was a blessing to everyone. Where you, where you, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you going to sit on go here. Right? <laughs> I don't mess around. I was wrong. Man, you, I love when you do that, man. <laughs> Don't say that one more time. <laughs> <laughs>
you love the Lord tonight? Amen. He's so good. He's so precious. Donnie's been giving us so many great doors to help people and to share. What a blessing, huh? You ever think? Yeah. You know, Don and I were together years ago. And he's always kept him and I together. And here we are back together, ministering the gospel. What a blessing, Don. Yeah, but not really. <laughs> it just made us get better and get closer. Let's just love the Lord. I love you. I love you. I love you. You're the rose of Sharon to me. I love you. I love you. I love you And now your sweet face I can see For Jesus is Lord over me For Jesus is Lord over me to join us as we have the Lord's Supper together. If you would take out your token of bread. 
Father, your word is so good, Lord. I remember in John chapter 4 when the disciples came and said, Lord, you, you had nothing to eat. And he says, uh, I have meat that you know not of. Amen. Hallelujah. To do the will of the Father. That's it. We eat the meat that the world knows not of. When Jesus had got together right before he went to be crucified, yeah. he got together and they were having supper. And he said, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. Yeah. And he took the bread and he broke it. And he lifted it up. And he said, take this and eat it, all of you. And they ate. Amen. After they had eaten the bread, he took the cup likewise. And he said, this is the blood of the New Testament. The blood that I shed for each of you. For the remission forgiveness of your sin. Take it and drink. Amen. Ben, I'm going to ask you to close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much, Father, for everything you're doing in our lives, God. Father, I just ask you to just give us revelation, God. Give us hunger for your word, God, like never before this, God. Father, I just, I just pray for the ones, God, that are lost, God. I just ask you to just give us the words to speak into their life, God. Give us the remembrance of your word, God, and just share with them, God. Let us be a testimony of what you've done for us, Father. Father, we just worship you, God, with every fiber of our body, God, everything we have, Father. We just want to serve you, Father. Just teach us your ways, Lord. I just thank you, God, for all the families, God. Thank you for the revelation that you've shown us in your word, God, that we just will obey the commandments, God. We love you so much, God. Thank you for this time, God. Thank you for opening up the YouTube channel, Father. Just thank you for just giving us the boldness, God, just to speak your name, Father, amongst people that are lost. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.